0: Hello and welcome back to the Hardwood Hoops Podcast. This week, Liam's not un, uh, Liam's unable to join us, so I've got a friend of the show, close friend of mine, Joel Richards, to fill in for him. Hello, Joel. How are you?
1: Yes, yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yep,
0: yeah, very well. Thank you. Good, good, good. It's nice to have you on. Um, we're gonna split the winners and losers this week, um, so we're gonna start with the winners, um, which are. I've got the winners category this week and then Joel's going to go through the losers and then we're going to do our normal picking of games at the end of the uh, games we're looking forward to this week. So, uh, yeah, let's get straight into it with the winners. Um, My first winner this week is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, Portland have been playing really well recently. They are trying to get... Out of that seventh and eighth seed, so they don't have to enter that play-in tournament. They had a really, really crucial win against the Lakers. They're seven and three over their last ten, and they've won three games in a row. Um, what I think's happened here is basically Damian Lillard started hitting shots again. That's the bottom line of it for Portland, in my opinion. Uh, any thoughts, Joel?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's obviously the main catalyst for the team. So if he's not firing, then the hopes of pushing higher in the league is going to go lower. So the fact that he's hitting his stride now going to the playoffs is a massive win for them. One to get them maybe fifth against the Mavs or up against the Mavs. And then if he's firing going to the playoffs, that might set us up for a couple of uh, Damian Lillard, go home freeze at the clutch.
0: Yeah, that's what everybody wants to see again. Everybody loves to see those Dame threes. What I think is very telling for them, though, is currently they are fourth in offensive rating in the whole league, which is amazing. Um, But they are currently 29th out of 30 for their defensive rating. So they really need to sort themselves out going into a playoff series because if they're that bad during the regular season when no one really kind of plans to play a team when you've got seven games to pick the weaknesses of a team it could end very badly for them in a playoff series Um, yeah
1: and it's almost like typical NBA teams yeah all out offence and barely any defence yeah yeah so that's exactly that stat just tells it all fourth in offensive percentage 29th in defence, so it's trying to outscore teams more than anything. And if you're going to go up against your Nets or your Jazz or Philadelphia, they're just going to outscore you. You have to have some... They want to be top half percentage, really. If they're over top 15 defensively, at least they might win more playoff games than they need to with that poor defensive rating.
0: Yeah. Historically, most teams that win a championship are in the top 10 for both offense and defense because um, there's a lot of the big coaches say defense wins championships. So who knows? Close to see. They've got a lot to play for. They're two games ahead of the Lakers now. So they are looking fairly solid in that sixth place, but they are tied or one loss behind the Dallas Mavericks. So they could jump up into fifth, which would at the moment have them playing Denver in the first round. If they stay in sixth, they're playing the Clippers first round. If you were the Blazers, um, which team would you rather play? The Nuggets or the Clippers?
1: Mm. My, My heart tells me you'd want to play, I say, the Clippers. I think that's quite a good... Cause it all depends on how Kawhi and PG are clicking. If you're playing against the poor jaws of last year, you're probably going to hope that he's the same as last year. I think. I just think the Nuggets have just got to prove themselves. So if you've got to against the Nuggets and they kind of like animals ready to fight back this year, then you might be in trouble. But yeah, I think realistically, you want to play the Nuggets. You know, if you're the Trailblazers, you're going to think like up against the Nuggets, a bit less firepower. Obviously, you've got Jokic. If you can control Jokic, you can control the game. Whereas with the Clippers, it's kind of like a, a mini Brooklyn Nets. So you've got a lot of superstars. You've got to slow down, stop them outputting, which, you know, Kawhi and Paul George against that 29th ranked defence will have a field day. Plus, they've got some nitty gritty players in Pat Beverly. You know, they're going to force a lot of turnovers, put a lot of pressure on the offense. So defensively I think they'll open a lot of holes in in Portland but I think the Nuggets will probably be the easier one because you can probably control a lot of their superstars easier if you can just control that one. But what do you think?
0: Yeah for me I think they match up better against the Nuggets. Um although Kant is not a great defender uh, Nurkic is so you might be able to slow Jokic down a little bit. Um they've got some big bodies it, in their sort of forwards that they can throw on Michael Porter Jr. who's been playing very, very well recently. And then obviously they've lost Jamal Murray. So it's which other guard can step up for them. Um, and it works on the reverse ends. So I, I don't see the Nuggets having many people that can guard both Dame and CJ. Um, they, they've got a couple of bodies that they can put on like mellow and stuff when he's on the court. Um, you know, there are in Gordon's and, and people like that. Um, but I, I can't see them slowing Dame and CJ down enough to to maybe stop them night in, night out. So I think, yeah, Clippers would probably be the favourable matchup there. Um, but let's move on to my second winner of the week. Now, my second winner of the week is the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been playing very, very well again, getting close to playoff time. Um, they have won where did it go I lost it so they have won five games in a row eight of their last ten have been wins as well and a couple of these wins have been super super impressive Uh, two of them against the Nets back to back which well not on back to backs but a a day apart they beat the Brooklyn Nets 117-114 and then beat them again 124-118 so no Harden in this but um, KD back fighting fit. Kyrie played really, really well. Giannis was just way too much for them. He's too big for um, Kevin Durant, who is a similar size, but he's very slender compared to Giannis. Um, Blake Griffin doesn't move as quick as he used to, and uh, Giannis was just turning, turning him inside out, basically, just getting anywhere he wants in the paint. We've said it. All year long, the Nets look incredible, but they don't really have the bigs to contend with. People like Giannis or an Anthony Davis or somebody who's got the size and the athleticism down low. So um, the Bucks taking full advantage of that, and and the rest of them kind of clicking along nicely, finding a bit of form going into this playoff run. Um, So Joe, what do you think about the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah,
1: very good. The fact that they can beat Brooklyn Nets consecutive games it says how much they've probably but they've always been a good regular season team. Yeah, you know, they beat really well. They locked in last year very well. So hopefully the two wins against the Nets give them that confidence going into the playoffs that they are tough to beat, even to a team that's probably touted to win the championship this year. So if they can if they can get strategies for each team in seven games for the playoffs, I think they'd be dangerous. But the problem is, I think again they're a bit like the Nuggets. They might be easy to figure out in seven games.
0: Yeah, you know, that seems, if the seems to be the one you
1: figure them out. Then they find it hard that like you said Durant's not a good defender when it comes to bigger players on him. You know, if you put a Durant against a small guard, he's gonna have a field day. But if you put him against against Giannis. Jazz you know, is going to win all day because he's going to take him inside, dunk on him, and get back out. So if you give them, you know, I think um, the Nets are going to have the the work cut out if they meet them again in the playoffs to figure out in seven games. But I think it's possible. But I just think the Bucks will have a bit too much defense to uh, to stop them.
0: Yeah, the 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 Bucks are looking good. They're. They are one of the teams that are top ten in both offense and defensive rating, so they are sixth offensively currently and eighth defensively currently. They've got, um, yeah, they've got big bodies to defend everywhere, and I really think, um, the addition of Drew Holiday has really turned them around defensively. I know it's just one player, um, and there was a debate whether they'd given up too much for him and stuff, but he, he really sets the tone defensively I think and the rest of the team seem to fall in line and follow him so it's really really good to see everybody on the same page with the Bucks and so it's just like you said whether it spills over into the playoffs because Mike Budenholzer uh, he's not had a great track record in the playoffs so far regular season incredible coach but playoffs he seems to be lacking so I mean, we'll see what the Bucks can do. Currently, they would be playing the Heat. Do you fancy them against the Heat?
1: Yeah, I think they'll be odds on to win that, I think. I think the Heat have had a bit of a up-down season, really. Nothing compared to last year. But, again, the Heat are almost the opposite to the Bucks. But they just kind of tumble through the regular season. And then once they get to the playoffs they are like the Bucks in the regular season. They just yeah, they lock are in. a pretty team to beat, get in your head, get in your face and they force you to play their basketball, which is why they were so good last year when teams just didn't, they just underestimated how hard they were going to play. But I think with the Bucks, I think with Booneho, you've got a good point there that he's exceptional in regular season when it comes to almost single game tactics, but he needs to develop alongside his team, alongside Giannis and the players to figure out how we beat teams in two, three, four games. I think someone like LeBron is exceptional because he can win regular season games well, but he also knows good game plans to beat teams in seven games. Like, let's lose the first game and then he kind of figures it out and he knows the plan to attack so I think the Bucks need to figure that out themselves and if they could do that I think they could be the next dynasty if they do
0: that Yeah definitely they've got the the players in the roster to to start doing it although you know they could be slightly better in places they picked up PJ Tucker which is a really really great pickup. he's been playing really well for them Um, doing what he needs to do hitting threes in the corners and um, getting in players ahead. He played a lot of minutes on Durant as well um, versus the, the Nets recently. So I, I don't know if that's probably the, the matchup they might primarily have there. We'll see. We'll see. I, I do like the Bucks heat first round matchup. I think it's good. I think the one thing the Heat do have going for them is they're a deep team and they can chuck chuck as many bodies at Giannis as they want to and, and use the fouls. But ultimately, I think the Bucks. yeah, might be a little bit too strong. Um, Now, my final winner of the week is a little bit cheeky. Uh, i picked two teams. um, And the reason i picked these two teams is because I think they've both solidified their time at the top. So, we'll start at the top of the East, the the 76ers. What a season they've had. Uh, They, 47 and 21 overall, 8 and 2 in their last 10. They're on an eight-game winning streak going into the sort of the last couple of games we've got coming up here they have played incredible incredible basketball this year um over their last eight games they have beaten let's have a look uh okc which is a given win which had a nice comfortable comfortable win uh and then atlanta who depending which kind of atlanta team turns up they played them twice they can cause you some issues. Um, San Antonio Spurs, you can never count them out. Chicago, Houston, uh, New Orleans, and then Detroit. So they've had a nice run recently, but it's got to be a bit of a kind of ego boost going into the postseason if you're on an eight game winning streak. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, although the games, I'd probably say those games are quite soft games compared to some of the other games that they could have had or the Bucks have had but that's what you need you need a good run of games get your confidence high and kind of ride that wave and it's always good to give people minutes give people so some, some like Embiid you don't want him losing against the Nets or against the Jazz just before the playoffs you want him to feel good feel happy you know they put they beat the Pistons by 14 points that's a good little cushion now to work forward into the playoffs yeah. So they're potentially gonna play the Hornets.
0: Yeah. Potentially. One-sided. So,
1: yeah, so that's gonna be even better for them. But I always say it's always better to go kind of through tough tough playoffs until you get the championships. If you're going easy, I think it's quite it is easy to take your foot off the pedal, relax a bit. And then teams catch you off guard, which is what I think most teams did against the Heat last year. So for them, you'd probably you want them to be like the Bucks, be in third position, have tougher games, setting yourself up for a harder game further on rather than be in first position, have a couple of gimme games throughout the, pre, the end of the season and now go into playing someone easier straight away. But it's good. It's a good boost. But I just hope they don't get too confident and then... Joel Embiid starts talking trash too confidently. And then maybe the Hornets. Lucky that they're not at hundred percent, but I think it's a gimme a gimme for uh Philly at the minute.
0: Yeah, I think so. They got a couple of players that are day to day, and and most of those players are their kind of their big three, if you will. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, all day to day with injury recovery um marked down and then um Fulkan. Kirk Miles is out with an ankle injury. So, over the next couple of games, I expect them to rotate that squad, um, giving their backups some some strong and long minutes. Dwight Howard getting a lot of minutes in there. He's been playing really well when MB's been injured. Um, Tobias Harris has played some really, really good minutes here. So, 76ers looking strong going into the postseason. Hopefully, it continues for them. So, that... Going over to the Western Conference, then my kind of co-final winner of the week is the Utah Jazz. Now, the Utah Jazz have been fighting off those pesky, pesky Suns over the most the, the recent games, uh, but they've got a two-game lead over the Suns now. They've won fifty and eighteen, so they currently have the best record in the NBA. They're seven and three over the last ten on a five-game winning streak. Um, I have always loved the Jazz. They, I think they've been a great team, and they've put together an incredible roster. I think this this is one of the deepest teams I think I've I've seen in the NBA, certainly in most recent years. Um, and they're playing really, really well together. But the the thing that is winning the games for them is the amount of three pointers they seem to be able to hit this season. And it's coming from everybody, not just like their three-point assassin in Joe Ingalls, everybody's hitting threes. How do you feel about the Utah Jazz this season?
1: Yeah, good. It's nice to see a team that's more all-rounder rather than two or three superstars taking the show. And I mean, yeah, their offense is very potent, and if that stays, they're going to be extremely hard to beat, especially in seven games. You know, Bogdanovich is playing superbly, You've got Donovan Mitchell, you've got the depth of Conley. But I saw something on Instagram the other day, um, Rudy Gobert, just how much of his presence forces players to stay out of the key. So having that two-way swing with good offense and good defense, that's going to be really hard and really intimidating for a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, they're, they're third overall in both offensive and defensive rating, which shows yeah, how good they are.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's like we said, how important it is to have the two of them. You know, that's going to be extremely hard to beat. So they it potentially will match up against the Golden State Warriors or the Lakers, depending on how the play-in tournament goes. I think those are the two best candidates for them to play. I just think they're too strong. I think if they play Golden State, I think they're going to walk that just because you just have to focus more on the guards to stop Steph. But then apart from that, I think Gober is going to have a inside. I think it'll just be a good matchup for the guard against guard. But yeah. I think there's too much. Um, whereas with Lakers, I think it'd be a true test for Gobert to show how good he is defensively against someone like Anthony Davis or LeBron. But I don't know, I just love that the fact that they saw so widespread with everyone doing a job rather than pulling all the work out of one or two players, which is what most, like someone like the Lakers have done all season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bogdanovich had like a forty point night the other night and you know that Gobert, when he wants to, can score. I'd like to see him have some sort of twenty five plus point nights, especially going into the playoffs. That'd be really, really good. Clarkson's gonna be sixth player of the year. He's he's coming off the bench and playing so so well some of the shots he's hitting are outrageous he, he's just doing anything Joe Ingles is an incredible shooter when he gets hot he everything drops for him um and then from that they've got the experience in, in Royce O'Neill and, and Mike Conley when he's on fire he still can score for you um Niang's been good Derek Favors like th- this team is just like I said it's just so deep um And it'll be interesting to see what kind of rotation they go to in the playoffs, whether they're going to shorten to like a a seven-man rotation, seven or eight-man rotation that teams do in the playoffs, or whether they're going to keep this depth and keep using it. I don't see why they wouldn't, especially in the first round, perhaps, depending on who they've got and what kind of leads they get. But, yeah, so that is my final co-winners of the week, the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, solidifying... Their number one seeds. Um, With that positivity out of the way, let's move on to some negativity. Joel, you've got the losers of the week. Take it away.
1: My favorites. (laughs) So, with the losers, obviously, I haven't padded all the stat sheets like you have. So, I'm just kind of going in quite blindly, but almost where I thought teams would be and some of the headlines I've seen and then looking at where those teams are, I'd probably consider them losers. So my first loser of the week is the LA Lakers. So champions looking to repeat not in any way in the ideal position. So they lost the last two matches um, going into the next five games before the playoffs. They're desperate to stay in. So they obviously got to play in the playing tournament. And they're sitting at seventh. So they're two games currently behind and oh sorry, two games behind
0: the Blazers.
1: The Blazers. And two games in front of the Golden State Warriors. And the neck this schedule doesn't suit them at all. So they got Phoenix, then they got the Knicks, and then they got Rockets, Indiana, Pelicans. Yeah. So you know the next two games are gonna—they they should lose. Phoenix and Knicks—they should lose. Houston could go either way. Indiana, I'd say they probably lose. And then the Pelicans—they're lucky now that Zion's out, but they could still lose, especially if AD isn't feeling fully fit and LeBron is still out. And I just think they just—they've got it all wrong. They put too much pressure on. Anthony Davis and LeBron to come back and save the team that is kind of classic LeBron teams if he's not there they just struggle without him and yeah. even though they've made the playoffs without him almost entirely of the season I just think it's been really poor because part of me thought that oh, LeBron's just waiting now he's going to come back the last couple of games get them into the playoffs comfortably and sit back and relax which is why you're so annoyed that they have to play playing games I think you know, he's quite lucky that they have to play in playing games because at least if he plays in those, he'll get a chance to prepare himself for the playoffs. But I think the team has let each other down, really. I don't think they played well enough. I don't think they've taken a lot of the games they could have had. And the fact that they're seventh, I think, says how bad the season's been for them.
0: Yeah, the last couple of losses have been really bad. Um, when they had LeBron back for two or three games, they still couldn't shrink it together then. Then they had their win against the Nuggets, uh, where Anthony Davis screamed, we're back. Um, And then they went on to lose the next two. I think one of them being against the Trailblazers, the team they're trying to catch. And yeah, it is the the injury to both their major stars that has really scuppered them this season. Uh, I think you're right. I think LeBron was hoping he'd not He'd be able to rest until the playoffs and, and not have to come back and try and get them out of this playing hole. But um, I think he might. He's either going to come back and try and get them out of the playing hole or he's going to carry on resting and just focus on getting healthy for the playing game so they get both LeBron and AD back. Um, they'll play Golden State in a single game to begin with, and I think they'll win that one if LeBron and AD are back. Um, even if Steph's going off. Uh, I think they've got enough bodies guard-wise to, to throw at him. And they're still the number one rated defence in the league, even though they've had LeBron and AD out injured. Um, and they're too big inside. I mean, there's only only so many people Draymond can kind of stop with the big bodies they've got. They've got Mark Gasol, they've got Andre Drummond, they've got Anthony Davis. Um, they've got Marcus or Markeith Morris, I can't remember, I always forget which one they've got. And LeBron, you know, there's just too many big weapons on the inside there, I think, to be stopped. So, yeah, I agree. The Lakers not doing so well recently.
1: No. And good luck to them to try and recover. I think LeBron was just hoping that the team is good enough to get at least sixth, yeah, and they're not. They're just not good enough. I think. Who would you say the leader is when AD and LeBron are not there?
0: Tough to say, isn't it? Who steps up? I mean, one of their bright sparks has been Taylor Horton Tucker, but he's not a leader. I, I guess it it falls to someone like a Mark Gasol or an Andre Drummond. Those kind of guys have got to step up, but
1: yeah, um, you've got Marcus who's almost retired. Yeah, you've got Drummond who's hasn't played properly for the last couple of months and just a bit like a Blake Griffin, has magically found his youth again in a new team, but is new. And you know, you, you expect someone like Kyle Kuzma to take the lead and be a leader, which he's not. No, so, he's not
0: close enough to.
1: Yeah, and I think I've always I've said this to you plenty of times. They should have kept Ingram because Ingram's more of a leader than Kuzma will be. You know, he, Ingram's been been fantastic this season, and he's got that quality that they should have kept, and that would have paid dividends now. When LeBron and AD are out, you've still got that third leader on the court to run the show, keep it steady, and pull them through them tough games, where I think the other the other players. Like Caruso and others, yeah. you know, they, they rely so much on LeBron and AD. If they're not there, they're kind of like, well, what on earth do we do now? They only look good when they're playing with good players.
0: Um, this is their current injury report. Uh, it's quite a read. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, day to day, ankle injury. Alex Caruso, day to day, foot injury. Anthony Davis, day to day, calf injury. Jared Dudley, out. Knee. Slash very old. Uh, Mark Gasol, out. Day-to-day. Uh, finger injury. Taylor Horton Tucker, out. Day-to-day. Calf injury. LeBron James, out. Ankle injury. Carl Kuzma, day-to-day. Lower back. Dennis Schroeder, out. Calf injury. There's no way a team that banged up is winning anything. No. So... That that's what they need to get sorted. If they want any form of improvement, they need to get healthy. 100%. You
1: know, the winners of the week is probably their physios and their doctors, I think.
0: Yeah. The back with that team. Now. Um, who have you got as a second loser of the week then?
1: So, second uh, loser of the week. Kind of gone off you here. I got two in one. don't <gasps> get one of three of the losers. So, I've gone for the Washington Wizards and I've gone for Russell Westbrook too so in ninth so I have been caught up as much as I should be with the, with the NBA but I've seen loads of things this week about Westbrook he's gone for a triple-double he's beat Oscar he's tied Oscar Robson for triple-doubles in a season and um, in his career and I look at where they are and in ninth and from where we spoke about MVP awards and accolades and should it be based on um, stats and things, this is probably one of the reasons why it shouldn't be. You know, he's averaging a triple-double, and yet his team is going to, fortunately, be pulled into the playoffs for the playing tournament. And you just think, with Westbrook, Beale, with that kind of quality players, how are they nice if he's averaging a triple-double as well? You know, yes. it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. How can that happen And the ninth? Which shows
0: all the stats you
1: really. need.
0: Yeah, they really struggled at the beginning of the season. Like injuries and not clicking together, COVID protocols, and it's had such a knock-on effect. If you look at their, like, wins and losses at the moment as, like, a chart, they're almost polar opposites. Beginning of the season, it's all losses, all losses, all losses. And then the last 16 games, they've won 13 and lost three. They're fine in their form slowly, but is it too little too late? From I agree with what you're saying. The triple-double thing is incredible, but what does it bring to the team realistically? If you look at his track record over every team he's been on, he he consistently gets triple-doubles. Again, like I said, incredible feat. And I think he's a, an amazing player. He's so athletic, but doesn't seem to translate to actually winning any games. Um, and like you said, their the biggest star, Bradley beale has gone down with a hamstring injury now. So is that really going to mess up their chances of getting into the playoffs?
1: Uh, definitely. I think, too, well, Russell Westbrook doing a triple-double every single game is not winning. So they need Bradley Beal to score 50 points. That gets them over the edge. So without him, they're just going to be a team with one guy who gets good stats, basically. And, you know, I think the more I watch Westbrook, I think he should be on a team that is almost destined to win um, a trophy anyway. So like he'd fit on a Brooklyn Nets or a Clippers or a Lakers or 76 he fit our team like that so well because he offers the assists and rebounds and some scoring but to lead a team it's just not good enough it's not enough to get over the line like when he had that triple double i think it was something like 17 points uh, 21 rebounds 27 assists like that's probably the best stat he's had probably because it wasn't filled with so much scoring So it shows that he's turned into a facilitator, um, someone who wants to get the ball and get the ball out of the fast break, get the points in, but then the rest of the team isn't good enough then. like If you've got someone who's given you 28 assists, 21 rebounds and 17 points, and Bradley Beal scoring 50, what's the rest of the team doing?
0: Yeah, all those assists are coming on Bradley Beal baskets. It's almost like the rest of the team are just sort of stood around really.
1: Yeah, it's just and they're not contributing so you know, if they can bring maybe a third player in like a bit of a Drummond or like an AD someone who's got a bit of presence and a bit, a bit of force with for them then they could be a team that will compete because as we can see Bradley Beal's going to get the ball uh, going to score you points Westbrook's going to get the ball to you and get the ball off the other players on the rebounds you just need someone else like a Bertans should be that player, but he's just disappeared. Hachimura should be that player, and he's growing into it. But they need a third player with presence to possibly go from the ninth seed to the fifth seed next season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who was your joint loser there then?
1: Well, that was it. So Washington and uh, and, and,
0: and Westbrook. I got you. Yeah, yeah. the combo so the
1: team's doing good enough, and obviously Westbrook just because he's averaging a triple double. It's tarnished yet again by the team for being solo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely agree with that. And Yeah. So who have you got as a final loser? So a final
1: loser of the week goes to the Pelicans. Ah, yes. You know, very promising. Potentially pushing for that 10th seed to get into the playoff tournament. Or the play tournament, sorry. Um Zion's out, and I think that's it. Now the bubble's popped. So they're really gonna be up against against it. They've gone. Uh it's
0: five and five in the last ten.
1: Five and five. So you know they're probably one of those teams that are gonna split it or probably just about lose every other game. But they got Charlotte, Memphis, Dallas, Golden State and possibly the Lakers before the season ends. So I just think without Zion, I think those dreams of making that 10 seed are now gone.
0: Yeah, it's a tough run coming up. They split a pair of games with Golden State, 1-1, one, lost one. Um, the one they lost, uh, Alonzo Ball, was... Or for the one they won, he was very good. He's his contract's up at the end of this season, so I think he's just going to be stat padding essentially. Um, and like you said, their biggest blow is is Zion Williams is is out for the rest of the season with a with a finger injury um, on his shooting hand. So uh, that is a huge huge loss for them. He's their uh, potentially their best player in in his second year, um, and again. Fairly similar to Lakers. They've got five people on their injury report currently. Stephen Adams is day-to-day with a toe injury. They're going to need him more than ever now Zion's gone. Um, Alexander Walker is day-to-day with an ankle injury. Josh Hart is out with a thumb injury. Potentially or probably out for the rest of the season. And Ingram is currently day-to-day as well. So their best players in Zion and Brandon Ingram. Aren't available for them and being so close to that playoff or well, play in tournament, it's got to be a real kick in the teeth for them. Um, yeah, two games back from the Spurs, and I, with the schedule left, I can't see them catching them. Can you? No,
1: no, no way. I think they'll probably beat Charlotte, but I think Memphis, Dallas, Golden State, and Lakers. I think it's just too much to make up, especially you know if they had Zion and Brandon Ingram, they could probably go 3-2, but without those, I think they go in 1-4, and four, and it's just too much ground to make up. Probably a good thing, mind. I think if they made the play-in tournament and Zion was semi-fit or Ingram was semi-fit, they'd probably risk them. Yeah. I think that would push them back a lot further, whereas, you know... Zion's finally coming to his own. They're playing in a lot more minutes than they did last year. Ingram's growing as well and they can get that link. And um, Lonzo Ball's playing extremely well. So I think next year now, take what you've learned. You know That's going to be your top three for the next couple of years. Grow them. Develop them. And I think next year, their target should be eighth seed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's realistic. Especially looking at their roster. And I think that might be their main problem they they made some big moves sort of around the trade deadline and they've got some depth in this roster there's some good players on it and i just think they need some time to sort of gel and sort themselves out the only thing that i do quite I find quite funny is the the breakdown of their uh positions so they, according to uh where am i Basketball reference. They've got three-point guards, uh, one guard, two shooting guards, and then one, two, three, four, five small forwards, and three power forwards, three centres. They're a very top-heavy team. Uh, I don't know if maybe they need to flip some of these forwards for a couple of guards here and there just to help them out, especially if they lose Lonzo Ball. um, They're going to have to find someone to fill his shoes. Uh, But nice to see them pick up Isaiah Thomas. Um, he's been playing a couple of minutes for them here and there. So uh, that's been, I guess, one positive in a negative team.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, maybe they'll try and pick someone up or make a bit of a deadline trade after the draft. We'll see. But, yeah, I think it's a bit of a dud this year for them. So re- recover, rest, and then. Put a lot of effort into the next season, really. I think Isaiah's going to help them, but I think, as much as you said, they top heavy, last their game. I think, yeah, yeah. Rick Zion, there was a stat last week 93% of his points this season have come from field goals in the paint.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and that's his style. He's never going to change that. I think you don't want him to play like LeBron and take the ball out to a free. Let someone else do that. But he's just so dominant inside that they just want to play big bully ball and yeah. they just let them play it, let them do it. So, yeah, having a good guard, so they've got Ingram, like I said, they need to need a, If Lonzo stays, that's where they're going to head towards is having that bully ball inside and two guards that can shoot and kind of come inside. But if they could invest maybe in a better guard than Isaiah Thomas or a better shooting guard, then I think they'll definitely have a chance to compete next year.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd quite like to see them get. Kind of a, a younger, because they do have JJ Reddick, but maybe a, a younger shooting guard, a guard that can shoot. Got Lonzo dishing the ball out left, right and centre. It can either go to Ingram on the one on the way and go to the whoever they get as a shooter on the other side or into Zion down low. It's a very dangerous team. Yeah. Um, great. Well, let's move on to our... Uh, final kind of segment that we normally do here and that is the upcoming games now me and liam have got a little kind of competition on the run at the moment um where we each pick winners and losers i think he is two weeks ahead of me at the moment um so joel you will be picking for him so do him justice Um, i'll
1: tank tank.
0: (laughs) he was worried this might happen for to allow me to catch up so uh but we'll see. We'll start with the, um, the game that I picked this week from the randomizer. Um, very technical system where I run my mouse up and down the screen real fast on the schedule and stop it at some point. Um, and it landed on the Washington Wizards, who we've we talked about this week, against the Atlanta Hawks. How do you feel about this one, Joel? Who do you think's coming out on top? It's a very
1: good matchup. Obviously the Hawks would probably need it more than the Wizards. So I think the Hawks are trying to get to go out, try and cement that seed above who's it the
0: Trailblazers? Uh, no, the Hawks are tied with the Knicks.
1: The Knicks. So Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. So if they win, they're just swap places with the Knicks, yeah.
0: Essentially, they'll get home court advantage against the Knicks unless the Heat or the Celtics can catch either of them.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a tough game for both, really, because Wizards might want it to give them a bit of an edge going into the playoffs, whereas Hawks it could go either way, really. They might just be like, you know what, happily have not have home court advantage, or they might really push for it and set out a dominate over the Wizards. But I think with Beal out... I think the Hawks have got an advantage there, especially the way they've set out. They're looking strong. So I think for them, this could be a nice warm-up game ready for the playoffs to give some guys a bit of a run and a bit of freedom.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I was probably airing the same way that you are. Um, The Wizards, although they're one game back from the eighth spot, and they probably would love to push for that. They're also only one game ahead of the Pacers' intent, really tight between those three there, Charlotte, uh, Wizards and Pacers. There's only one game or two games then between the seventh and the fourth spot, which is the the Celtics down there all the way up to the Knicks and the Hawks. So they're both playing for something, but I think the Wizards will err on that side of caution and maybe take it a little bit easier on Beal and Westbrook whereas the Hawks need to kind of put a marker down and want that home court advantage. So I think the Hawks are going to take this first game we've got lined up here as well. So we've both picked the same team there. My first chosen game of the week coming up, um, a nice big Eastern Conference battle just in time for playoffs, is the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. One game apart in the East, the Heat on top in sixth And the Celtics just below in seventh. This could mean if Boston win, they could potentially leapfrog the Miami Heat. I'm not sure who's got the tiebreaker between the two. Um, Or it could mean the Heat taking that kind of two-game lead over the Celtics, which they might not be able to make up. Um, So I'll pick first for this one. And I think... The Celtics are gonna take it. Who do you think is gonna win this matchup? Because you just said
1: Celtics, I think I'm teetering towards the heat. Oh, um, not to hurt Leon's record, but I think I don't know, so I think it's a, it's a tough game. It's two, it's a good swing there. I think the Miami Heat might come out just to disrupt the Celtics' flow, just kind of take them by surprise and take them out of the rhythm, really. So I think I'm going to go with Heat.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Jason Tatum's got to get around Jimmy Butler all night. That kind of counteracts their best scorer. Um, Jalen Brown's going to have to get inside versus Bam Adebayo. It's, it's a tough matchup, really, really tough. So it's fair to, to split that one. Um, my second chosen game is a game kind of irrelevant because both teams are so far back now from the playing tournament. They're not really going to make it, but the hope is still alive for both of them if things go their way. So I've picked the Bulls versus the Raptors. The Bulls currently in 11th, 28 and 39. The Raptors just below them. 27 and 41. Um, This, again, although lower down in the standings, is a tight fixture to call. I'm going to let you pick first on this one. Who have you got? The Bulls or the Raptors?
1: I'm going to go with the Bulls. Okay. Um,
0: The Bulls are uh, kind of mixed at the moment. Daniel Tice playing very, very well for them. Vucevic playing very, very well for them. And they should, I believe, be getting Zach Levine back soon. Why um, is he going to be back in time for this game? I think if he's back, they win it. If he's not, I think Toronto take it. I think uh, the Raptors are a bit deeper than they used to be playing... Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Raptors. I'm going to do it. I'm going the opposite way. Um, Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Raptors here, the Bulls. I think the Raptors are going to try and outscore them, potentially. That moves on to your two games for the upcoming week. Let us know what you've got and who you're picking.
1: So for my first matchup, I've gone for the Knicks against the Clippers. So the Knicks are obviously hoping to clinch the fourth seed. And the Clippers have already clinched the third. So it was a nice good matchup to see how they're preparing for the playoffs. Are the Clips gonna rest? Are the Knicks gonna push to keep that fourth seed? So it's a good little matchup just to see what both teams are thinking, really. Like, next are they going to go hard? Is Julius Randle going to come out, gun in to keep his scores high and keep the team in fourth? Or the Clips going to rest Paul George, rest um, Kawhi Leonard? So, for Knicks, could be a really good scenario to boost their chances for the Clippers. Could be a nice rest week. And I'm going to go for the
0: Knicks. That works well, because I've already written down my choice. You got clips. I'm for the Clippers. I I don't know if they'll rest completely this game. I think they might play the Stars, try and get out to a good, nice lead, and then rest them in the fourth, just to make sure the Nuggets can't quite catch them from that fourth to that third place. Um, But it's going to be a, it's definitely going to be a tight one to call there. Yeah, so we're split on that one. What's your final
1: choice? I have a final choice similar to your final. So the teams are quite far back. So the Hornets are pushing for 8th and the Pelicans are currently 11th. So one team may be hoping to get that 10th seed and one team hopefully holding on to the 8th seed maybe get the 7th. But it won't make much difference because they to play the play in anyway. But yeah, just two teams kind of loose, Look to play, look to kind of score a lot, but not much um, going on with trying to push or salvage high high, uh, seeding going into the playoffs. But I think the game means more for the Pelicans because they have a chance to make those playing games. And if they don't, like we said earlier, then their season could be done really early and they might have to have pre-season a lot earlier. Whereas the Hornets have something to play for. Do they play two games to get in or do they play one?
0: What do you think? Uh, The battle of the Bulls. Uh, Alonzo versus his little bro. Uh, it's a tricky one to score. The Hornets have massively surprised me this season. They've won way more than I thought they were going to. Um, and the Pelicans have underwhelmed me this season. Um and on that basis, I'm picking the Hornets. I've I've gone against them too often. I've got to go with them at some point.
1: Yeah, so. I'm going to go Hornets too. Nice. I think you've got right there. I think, if we talk about the battle of the brothers, I think Lamelo's the better brother as well. So,
0: I think so. And um, with all of these injuries to kind of the Pelicans, Bigs, I think... The, the Hornets seem quite athletic they're very good at getting to the rim so um, could clinch it for them so that brings us to the end of this week's pod so first of all Joel thank you very very much for coming on and filling in the big shoes of Liam Horsley it's been very nice to have you
1: no problem thank you for having me again good to be back
0: absolute pleasure yeah no pod favourite that is for sure Um and If you have any questions, comments, any ideas for upcoming shows, especially uh, getting we're we're building up a bank of shows to potentially do for the off-season, things like that, then please get in touch on Twitter at underscore Hardwood Hoops. Liam should be back off his little holiday next week, um, and we might have one more debate show to come at you before playoffs. So... With that, I'll sign off there and speak to you all soon. Bye-bye.